fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. It is one of the greatest days of the entire week. It is a Thursday, the pre-Friday celebration. Welcome into the show. This is the Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Your Millennial General reporting for duty. Boy, do we have a show lined up for you today. We have a lot of fun stuff. I guess fun stuff, if you want to call it that, to talk about some frustrating things for sure. Some other interesting things. First and foremost, I have to say happy birthday to one of my favorite actors out there. A conservative guy who's almost been outcast from uh, Hollywood. And it really makes sense why he's not cast in one of the newest movies where he probably should have been. And I'm a big fan for a very long time. Tim Allen, Tool Time, Home Improvement, The Santa Claus... Um, for Richer or Poor, you ever see that one? That was a great one. Tim Allen, it is his 69th birthday today. Happy birthday to that guy. And I will say here and now that because of the fact that he is not the voice of the new Buzz Lightyear movie, I will not be watching that movie. I'm just, it's my own little personal protest. I really think they didn't cast him, not because they're looking for a younger Buzz Lightyear, but because of his politics, and therefore they don't want him to be part of Disney any longer after the woke at Disney has done their thing. Now, I will admit that I do still have Disney Plus as of right now. I have an eight-year-old daughter. What do you expect? I can't just go cold turkey and just cancel Disney. So we're in the progression to wean off of. But we haven't watched any new movies from Disney lately. And the new Buzz Lightyear, I was really excited, honestly, to see it. Specifically because Tim Allen is the voice of Buzz Lightyear. But they didn't do it. They didn't voice it. They didn't have him voice it, which he's the iconic voice. How can you not have Tim Allen be the voice of Buzz Lightyear? So because of that, whether it's because of they wanted the uh, younger voice of, whether they wanted it to be someone different, or whether it was because the political stance of Tim Allen and they didn't want him to voice it any longer, I don't know. I don't care. But because of that fact specifically is why I don't and will not be watching the new Lightyear movie, nor will my – and she was a little bummed when we told her about that too. Sorry, honey. We're not watching this one. And uh, and we can't really explain why. There's a few reasons why, but that's one on the top of the list. So happy birthday, Tim Allen. He's still rocking it. Still an awesome guy and a hell of a conservative. And we love Tim Allen to death. I'm a personal big fan. I remember growing up as a kid and watching Home Improvement as a kid uh, every week. That was my excitement to come home and know that when I got home, he was on for an hour with Home Improvement. I have all eight seasons of it on DVD. I still love to pop those in and watch those in the background as things are going on. So happy birthday. Had to throw that out there first and foremost. Bottom of the hour today, Buddy Ullman. He is a former professor of biochemistry and molecular biology at the Oregon Health and Science University, meaning he's kind of a smart guy. He's going to be talking about Title IX discrimination and the LGBTQ movement that's ongoing and how Title IX is being abused with that ongoing woke crowd now. (laughs) So strap on in and we'll have some fun with that one real quickly. We'll talk about this later on in the program as well. There's a little tease that I want to give you, though. There's an uh uh-oh that happened with the mainstream media. Like a big uh uh-oh. Because they didn't want this to come out. And how does President Biden's performance rate? Awful. 
I mean, that, 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 I knew that was the answer. But the answer is awful. I mean, you know, I'll compare it to Carter at this point in his presidency, right? Look at the disapproval rating Joe Biden has on inflation right now. It's over 70%. Carter, Carter was not even there at this point in mid-1978. When you're doing worse than Jimmy Carter's doing in the minds of Americans on inflation, you know that they're holding you responsible for the conditions that are currently on the ground that are hurting Americans in their pocketbooks. That was from CNN. And the Anderson Cooper show that was on CNN that Joe Biden is doing so poorly right now. He has a disapproval rating of 71 percent compared to what Jimmy Carter had at the same point with the such inflation that matched him at 66 percent disapproval for Jimmy Carter. Oopsies. The media let out the fact that Joe Biden's being extremely unpopular. CNN allowed that to come out and they're not too happy about it. So we'll talk about that here in a little bit as well. But it makes sense. Right. It makes sense. Every move that they've done, which you could say you could try to say, well, Joe Biden's not at fault for the high gas prices. Joe Biden's not at fault for the inflation rates. It's something that's just happening organically and naturally. I've heard this from progressives, by the way. It's happening organic and naturally. It's not his fault. He just gets the blame because he's the one in charge at that time. Like ones where they get good things and gas prices are low and inflation is low and things are going well. They get the credit for it when it's not really their uh, doing. Which I will say, yes, it is a very big system, and they do not they don't have all of the credit or the blame, but they have a lot of it based on the policies that they put in. Gas prices wouldn't be so high if we were allowed to drill oil without a whole lot of restrictions that Joe Biden put in place. We would actually have lower gas prices if we actually didn't shut down the pipelines like the Biden administration did on day one with their executive orders. And since that day one, month after month, the gas prices on an average continue to climb up. It is their fault. In large part, it is their fault. Instead of buying it or instead of drilling it locally, we have to go buy it somewhere else and beg OPEC to import it in, which we did not have to do under the Trump administration. So policy does have a major impact on this. COVID had a little impact on inflation. And I say little because we did see a little bit of inflation during the Trump era for the first year of the COVID pandemic when everything was shut down. By the time everything came back up, That's when we started seeing the inflation rates, which you would think, hey, you know what? That's a little strange, isn't it? Maybe a delayed effect, kind of a ripple effect in there, maybe a little bit. But we got things back on track, which means all we had to do is carry a little bit more than what we normally did on a normal routine. And we could restock what we couldn't do over the last year when things were shut down and we'd be back to normal. But Joe Biden literally signed bills that would actually stop ports from importing goods on the boat from China or from other places. They, by order, stop them as they're sitting a mile off coast waiting to be unloaded. The truck driving companies literally had truck drivers lined up at their shop waiting to pick up items ready to work, but they didn't have any jobs coming in. So, yeah, policy does matter, and I think they're failing miserably. Everything, and I've said this many times before, as you know, everything the government touches turns into polished dog leftovers out in the yard. It's polished because the media tries to make it sound really, really good. They can't do that anymore, though. But when they tried... To me, we have the strongest economy perhaps I have ever seen. <laughs> We've gone from that to... And how does President Biden's performance rate? Awful. Awful. Yeah, you can't have it both ways, mainstream media, and you're starting to recognize that because everything you've touched has gone down the crapper. For example, and here's a prime example of why, as we go into this election, why it's so important for us to turn out, which everybody knows, 
conservatives especially, we know to turn out to vote. We know to be engaged and be involved in this. So this is kind of the rhetorical point and kind of the, you know, bouncing the idea off the wall because everybody already knows this. But to reiterate why it's so important is because of that little concept that I like to discuss called federalism, which for those that don't know what federalism is, it's the battle, the tug of war between the federal government with centralized power and states' rights through the Tenth Amendment to where we have the right to say at the statewide level. And the government run under the Biden administration right now, which, oh, by the way, he is oh so good at playing Mr. Mobster. Remember the big guy that gets the cut with the Chinese deals and the Russian deals and the Ukrainian deals? The big guy has got to get his chunk out of this. He runs himself, therefore he runs the government like a mob like the mafia. And I've used many examples of this in the past. One of them, the prime example, is the presidential election with John Kasich, the former governor of the state of Ohio, where he said he would love to do something like banning abortions or doing something in his state, but he couldn't, and he knew he couldn't because 30% of his population in the state of Ohio was on Medicaid. And if he tried to implement certain policies the federal government didn't like, he would lose his funding for Medicaid. So thanks, I'd love to, but I have openly recognized the fact that I am a toy and a pawn to the federal government, and if I don't do their bidding, then they actually cut the funding to the programs that I need in my state. That is a prime example of the mobster-like mentality that the federal government has always had, and we need to recognize this to bring the power back to these states and to start weaning ourselves off of federal programs in general, like everything from transportation to Social Security to Medicare and Medicaid to food stamps, all of it, environmental protection stuff, all of that needs to be brought back down to the states to be able to handle at the local levels and then be able to work together as states to say, hey, what's working for you? What's not working for you? What's whatever? Here's the next example of it. And again, bottom of the hour, we're going to talk about Title IX with uh, Dr. Buddy Ullman. But here's something interesting as we go into Pride Month. And I guess we're in the middle of Pride Month right now, but according to the Washington Examiner, and you might not even be aware that this is actually happening, the school lunch program for the public education system done by the U.S. Department of Agriculture tied in with the U.S. Department of Education to provide the meals for students during lunchtime or the free meals for kids with lower incomes, kind of an important program for the public education system, right? And every year, the schools try to scrap as much of that money as they possibly can to be able to provide the food that they need to through the educational system. Well, the ever-loving Democrats that are all about the children, that are up in arms right now screaming about gun rights and gun control and how we need to ban firearms because that's somehow going to save us from mass shootings at public schools, the ones that are screaming about how kids are the most important thing on the face of the earth are probably the most hypocritical individuals on the face of the earth. And I don't just mean by the abortion issue, too, where, like, we can kill the baby, but yet we want to, you know, give them a good education (laughs) because that doesn't make any sense to me. But here's the next step of their narcissism, of their control, of their inhumanity. And I say that with all regards to absolute inhumanity. In the light of Pride Month, according to the Washington Examiner, that the National School Lunch Program is under attack by the Biden administration, who said they were going to hold funds and actually remove funds from public educational schools who do not update their pro-transgender interpretation of Title IX. Now, we're going to talk more about this at the bottom of the hour, but I want that to mull around in your head for a minute. 
if a public school doesn't address the LGBTQ issue for young children like K through 12 who identify as transgender by making things accommodating for them, which I don't know what actually what that means, like a third bathroom or or letting them go to which one they choose to be in, which is absolutely ridiculous, or allowing the hormone therapy or the hormone treatment, even to the point of some schools that allowed the uh, transition with hormone therapy without the knowledge of the parents, which is absolutely sick and pathetic, that if schools don't start adapting these policies... The Biden administration, who is the all-loving, all-wonderful Democrats who care about the children way more than evil Republicans who despise children, according to them, they're going to cut the funding to those schools for the National School Lunch Program. Hey, unless you take care of the LGBT school kids, you're not going to get money to feed the kids at school. We're setting a high bar here. According to the federal government and the Democrats, we're setting a high bar for you to either get on board with these programs and actually adapt the pro-transgender interpretation within Title IX, or you're going to lose your funding for the National Food uh, National School Lunch Program. Under the provisions of the announcement made last month, the Department of Agriculture, any state or local agency that receives funding from the department's Food and Nutrition Service must interpret Title IX to include non-discrimination protections for sexual orientation and gender identity. The requirement came without the formal uh, without the formal notice of rulemaking federal agencies and typical required to exercise when making the policy change. So they haven't done this in the official way, but behind the scenes, the mobster mentality, hey, I know that we're not supposed to do this and we don't do this the proper way. You have to get on board with this or your money for the lunch program to feed children during the day might just go away because we care about children that much. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here reminding you not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reasons throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. 24 minutes past the hour, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening. We appreciate you very much hanging out on the show today. So these monsters, and I call them that with that, when they try to say, hey, we need to get rid of politics. We need to have a bipartisan agreement. We need to come to an agreement between both sides of the aisle, hold hands, sing kumbaya, and then they end up doing and pulling this garbage. We start to realize the, first off, the morality, which is absolutely sickening. When you say, hey, we care about children so much, we're going to create a national school lunch program for the public education system. We're going to try and feed kids because, you know, maybe underprivileged kids, kids that can't afford food, kids that just need to eat during the day when they're at school for seven, eight, nine, ten hours a day. You know, we're going to create this program. It's all going to be centralized, so don't worry. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs> Remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scariest words in the English language. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Well, now they're coming out with the mobster mentality under the Biden administration. While, by the way, remember, advocating right now for the abortion issue and some of the social issues that the progressives have, we're going to promote these because we care about kids so much and we're going to try and take guns away because we care about kids so much. But we care about kids so much that you either... Get on board with adapting the Title IX discrimination laws to include the pro-transgender interpretations of them for children, or we're going to cut your funding for the National School Lunch Program. You don't hold those things up above departments and stuff that affect people's lives. If you're going to create it, then create it and make sure it works for the people. But this is the prime example of how progressives live their life, which is all about control, which is all about narcissism, which is all about power and getting what they want. And this is the prime reason why states have to start recognizing this going into election season and realizing that the legislature, the governor, and the secretary of state and the attorney general are some of the most important offices that you could elect Republicans for. The governor can start working on bills to prevent the, the from the state from complying with the federal government. The legislature can work on starting to fund a budget at the state level to actually start weaning out federal support. The attorney general can start challenging things on the legal level at the federal level to stop them from actually taking effect at the statewide level. This is what we can do to start taking the power back. When you ask, what can we do? What can we do? What we can do is become as independent as possible as a state, recognizing the few duties that the federal government actually has, which is you know immigration, which is foreign policy, which is national defense, which is making sure there are no monopolies running an entire industry. Outside of that, that's about it. That's about it. Now, that's, again, a far-stretching uh, a pipe dream nowadays with how big the federal government is, but technically that's supposed to be the only duties of the federal government. Does it actually get there? No. But you know where this is coming from. This is a response to the battle that we're having with the state of Florida right now. 
Remember with Disney and with Florida. Funny how we started with the Disney story, right? Everything all kind of ties in here. Disney, with them fighting the quote-unquote don't say gay bill, which is a ridiculous name for a bill because it's not what that bill is about in any way, shape, or form. uh, They're trying to fight Florida for just telling teachers, hey, maybe you shouldn't teach about gender or sexual identity to like kindergartners. You know, throwing that concept out there. And because schools and states are starting to take matters into their own hands, the federal government's beginning to lose power. And what happens to a narcissist when they start to lose power or start to lose their grip on you is they tighten that grip and they squeeze you and they punish you for it because they want to make you look crazy for actually stepping away from their power and their control and their oversight. States like Florida are starting to take matters into their own hands. States like Pennsylvania are now working on a bill that mimics what Florida actually did to do the same thing in the state of Pennsylvania. Other states are working on it as well because they don't want to talk about identity politics because identity politics is stupid. We don't care about your identity, your age, your gender, your orientation, your sexual preferences, your skin color, your religion. We don't care but that's the number one tool and power and weapon that democrats have and when we start to shy away from it they squeeze us and this is how they're going to do it by punishing the children the voice of reason with andy hoosier hey it's andy hoosier you know when i get off the air every day the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over that's why now i'm so happy to say that the hoosier media network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts it's been a long time in the works and now you can finally enjoy more great content services and topical shows we're the safe space for alternative talk information and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates from holistic and alternative medicine discussions on religion and spirituality hear entertainment shows and of course yours truly with the voice of reason plus we offer numerous media services including helping you set up your own podcast become your own voice of reason and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic for information on all of our shows links to podcasts each show website or social media link or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment visit our website at hoosiermedia.com again that's hoosiermedia.com the future of media When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh, the show flies right on by every single day. Welcome back into the program. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, multiple radio stations all over the place. Find us on our social media at Hoosier Reason. There's no I in Hoosier, by the way. H-O-O-S-E-R Reason. Also on the website at HoosierReason.com. But we have all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, OurFreedomBook.com, Parlor Truth. We do have the Truth Social, Donald Trump social media site. Uh, we have all of those, all of them at the same handle, at Who's Your Reason. So you can find us on there, follow us. We have the live stream going up as well with the hat tip to OpsLens, O-P-S-L-E-N-S.com, with the video feed on their website, their app, and their social media that we share out, plus on some TV and other places as well. Always great to have you along. So the identity politics from the other side of the aisle Kind of an interesting conversation, especially going into Pride Month now. This uh, this argument, according to the Washington Examiner, here's the official quote from the USDA 
And then I want to get our take from our guest and, and talk about this Title IX issue. Here's the quote from the USDA regarding them and the National School Lunch Program. Quote, the USDA is committed to administering all its programs with equity and fairness. I don't know where this word equity started popping up, but there it is again. And serving those in need with the highest dignity. A key step in advancing these principles is rooting out discrimination in any form, including discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. That according to the Secretary of Agriculture, Mr. Tom Vilsack. Title IX, is it being abused from what it was initially intended for? Let's talk about it. What do you say? What's trending today? And super happy to have this guy on the program. He's a former professor, retired professor from uh, biochemistry and molecular biology, meaning he's a way smarter guy than me at the Oregon Health and Science University. Excited to have on here Buddy Allman with us here. Buddy, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you. On, and I thank your audience in advance for listening to me. Yeah, it is great to have you on here. It's a fascinating conversation because while we're in uh, this mode, this focus of identity politics in society, it drives me nuts. I, I, buddy, I got to admit, I despise identity politics. I don't care about a gender. I don't care about a skin color. I don't care about a religion. I don't care about a sexual orientation. I just don't care. Uh, we have to go back to what Martin Luther King said back in the day that I want to base on character and how you actually treat me and other people around me as opposed to what you look like or what you believe or what you say. Why is it such a big focus in society with this stuff? I, I think it's a different generation and uh, and uh, you know the, the younger folks on college campuses who are we're the foci of this sort of identity um, this, this is their big issue. I don't get it either. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. This transition to the transgenderism in society as we kind of get into the Title IX here, you being a professor talking about biology and molecular biology and biochemistry, talk about it from your perspective, from the scientific perspective on what's going on when someone tries to identify as and should they be considered as when they ask to be identified as one thing or the other? Well, I, you know, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, the Title IX was a transformative law. It was a bipartisan federal law that was assigned into, uh, uh, into uh, the federal statutes by Richard Nixon, but it was completely bipartisan. Everybody agreed that this had to do with biological sex. The word they use in the law is sex. And, uh, and uh, the, the idea was to make things equal for women who were females who were at that. Sure. Oh, did we lose you, buddy? I think you cut out there a little bit. Oh, there we go. There we go. But it is, but, uh, and and so it was, it was very good. Now it has been, uh, the Biden administration wants to broaden that definition of gender or sex to gender identification and sexual orientation. That's not we shouldn't be. Disc- I mean, nobody's in favor of discrimination, but sure. to for anybody, Joe Biden or you or me, to broaden the definition of sex that's in a law that's all been signed into law uh, seems outrageous to me. And my prediction is that the it will be fought immediately, and the courts will overrule it. That's my guess. Sure. Well, it makes sense because they kind of talk out of two sides of their mouth, don't they? They're the ones that even admit when they advocate for this stuff is that there is a difference between biological sex and gender identification. So with Title IX being written for the sex of a man or woman based on the biological sex, 
they're confusing their own terminology of that between the gender that they identify as. Everybody, it is common sense that biological females and transgender females are different. We all know that. And to assume that they are the same, uh, to allow biological males who identify as females to, for example, share locker rooms with female students or compete against them in varsity sports seems to be totally unfair and, to me, uh, discriminates against women. Yeah. I mean, locker rooms, women's locker rooms are, are supposed to be safe spaces for women. And, and another safe space for women should be, are their, their athletic teams where they can compete uh, in the absence of uh, male competition. Seems totally fair to me. <laughs> you would think so. What's the response from feminists, actual like progressive feminists that advocate for women's rights and are the what? active vocal feminists? Are they inclusive to say, hey, come on board? Or are you saying, hey, wait a second, you're coming and dominating? What's your, I mean, what are they doing? <laughs> so I, I, I think there are a lot of women's groups, women's advocacy groups, feminist organizations that, uh, that oppose the broadening of the definition. They're certainly being quiet about it. Yeah. And they should. I mean, this 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 broadening of the definition of sex discriminates against women. It is, in my mind, a violation of Title IX and its intent. Yeah. We're talking with Buddy Ullman, former professor of biochemistry and molecular bio, uh, biology at the Oregon and Health Science University. Let's talk about if this passes, if if they start expanding this Title IX to the discrimination to the LGBTQ community. I mean, what would the work industry, the work environment, what would schools, what would all this look like? And would this tie up the courts, do you think, with individuals crying out? Well, well, uh, so, so so let's be clear. There's no le- legislation here involved. This is sure. the executive branch of the government that is sort of changing the definition of the law. Mm. I think what it, it will be challenged in court right away, and I think it, it will be overruled. How this will affect um, uh, college campuses or high school sports, I, I can't predict. I mean, it really depends what schools allow. I mean, if the Biden administration says we're going to withdraw federal funding for people if they don't allow uh, transgender females to participate in female sports, I, I think the schools will have to comply. It's a lot of money and they can't and schools can't forego this. But I, my prediction is uh, that if if the Biden administration goes through with this, it will be challenged in court and and overruled. But I don't know. I mean, I'm not a prognosticator. Yeah, well, I'm right there with you. I would assume that it would be at least it would definitely be challenging court. I would assume that it would be shot down. But stranger things have happened in society as well. Well, I, I understand that. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I, I just uh, don't have a telescope into the future, so I can't tell you exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is it is concerning, especially in colleges, when we see near 60% of college enrollment really being women uh, across the universities uh, being challenged in this sense. I mean, it, it really brings in the discussion affirmative action. It brings in the equal. I don't like using the term equity, but I like the equality concept that we used to have back in the day. I mean, it kind of disrupts the entire system, doesn't it? Well, uh, well I mean, you know, I don't, no, if it's going to affect the, I, 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 I don't know. 
I really yeah. don't know whether it'll affect the entire system. I mean, I don't think it's going to affect college admissions. Sure. Um, but you know, Title IX has done its magic uh, with respect to college admissions and medical school admissions and law school admissions, and it's made it uh, you know an equal and level playing field. I think that's great. But uh, but uh, you know, I don't know how it. it I think it's. Pushing uh, the limit when you, you know, force, for example, transgender people into sports or in, put, put them into locker rooms, et cetera, et cetera. I, that, that's, that's my personal feeling. Yeah. My, I think it's a violation, violation of Title IX. Yeah, I, I completely agree. From a governmental and political standpoint on this issue, if they go after, like with this uh, food program for the public school system, for the uh, colleges and the, and the universities, in that sense, if they try to impose some of this stuff that cannot be outside of the half to one and a half percent of the population that identifies as this can't be a popular stance to take to run on as like a campaign platform, can it? I, I, I would agree with you. <laughs> I, I, I think the vast majority, I mean, polls have come out, the vast majority of Americans are pretty sensible about this. I, I, I think most Americans believe that People who are transgender should not be discriminated against in terms of employment or housing or even college admissions. Absolutely. But you know, you have to. You can't push the envelope over the edge to the point where you are, uh, you know, knocking women out of their locker rooms and off of their sports teams. It's just not right. Yeah. It is an unfortunate situation that we're in, but it's a battle we have to have every day. It's former professor of biochemistry and molecular biology at the Oregon and Health Science University, Buddy Allman. Buddy, it's great to have you on the program, my friend. We're out of time, but hopefully we can start bringing some common sense and reason back to society with some you know, facts and reality. What do you think? I, I hope so. I always, I'm an optimistic guy. <laughs> That's right. Eternal optimism. That's what it's all about. Buddy, I appreciate it, my friend. Let's get you back on here again soon. Thank you. Hey, pre- Bye-bye. Yeah, appreciate that very much. All right, got to take a break here. We'll wrap up the show. We'll comment on this, kind of uh, recap this one when we come back. Are we going to recognize what's going on and realize the bullying the federal government's trying to do, or will we go down this road of chaos that disrupts the system? It seems like the government's really good at just, you know, throwing the wrench in the cog and just watching the system go into chaos so they can be the great white horse coming in with Gandalf riding to save the day. We'll talk about that and more coming up right around the corner to finish up the show. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here reminding you not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at network at gmail.com. Again, that's network at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Well, this is going to drive me nuts as soon as I flip back on the microphone, get something in my eye. What the heck's going on here, man? Woo! Welcome back into the program. Wrapping <laughs> up last couple of minutes here on the show. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. The identity politics. You know that we're in a first world country and a first world country problem when we have nothing else to fight for except for let's try and find the uh, most absurd things to argue with, which is what I feel about, so therefore you need to accept my feelings as opposed to just uh, just accept reality. Now, we can admit the fact that, you know, obviously everybody may have a different view on the world, a different reality that they live in, which is totally cool. Got nothing against that. Again, we don't care about how you live your life. We just don't care. Yeah, we just, <laughs> we don't do whatever you want to do. I'll never forget. There was a documentary that I saw. I don't know where I saw it, BBC or some 60 minutes or something. And it was very strange. It was a lady who identified as object in her home. Like she would stand in the corner with a lampshade on her head because she truly felt that she was a lampshade at that time. And she had a roommate. She would sit there on the ground and think that she was a footstool and she would sit there for hours and just do And you know what? They called it some medical thing that she had that made her believe this stuff. If that's what you feel and that's what you do and that's what you believe, good for you. I don't care. Now, don't come to me in the grocery store and tell me that I need to identify you as a chair because that's obviously not true. That is not reality. But if you feel that way and that's what you want to go do on your time, do it. All the power to you. I don't care. That's the difference. That's the difference between a conservative that just don't care and a progressive that's like, oh, my gosh, I need to get up in your business and do whatever I want to do. And you need to accept it as such, which is why they're starting to lose everybody, because the demographics and the boxes that they put all the people in are starting to bicker amongst each other. And it just doesn't work. You can't have the feminist movement from the progressives saying women's rights and women power on the left side of the aisle saying that men are evil and the Me Too movement and that you have ultra masculinity. You can't say that. And then at the same time, have that same group of women except dudes that are feeling like women and going and challenging them in sporting events and looking all bulky and having like hairy chests and be like, hey, I'm a woman too. Hear me roar. Like you would think that women would start getting a little upset about that. Just saying. 
which is why they're starting to lose the identity politics argument while they're promoting the identity politics. And the perfect example is that was the special election in, on Tuesday down in Texas in the 34th district with Myra Flores. As a Republican, for the first time in 150 years, when a Republican actually took the seat of that district with Democrats that have controlled it with counties with near 85% Hispanic populations, and the Republican conservative pro-Trump woman of Myra Flores comes out and dominates that seat in a special election. Now the response from Democrats... Dan Sanchez, the Democrat that was running that seat that thought it was just given to him, so maybe he didn't campaign very hard, maybe he just expected it because he was the Democrat and they just predominantly vote Democrat like they had for 150 years, that he just expected that race to be easy for him. He came out and said that the DCCC, the Democrat Committee for the Elections, needs to sit down and take a look at South Texas seriously. I don't think it's a political realignment, but this should send a message to the Democrats. You can't take Hispanics for granted, which they always do. They take every demographic for granted, don't they? Oh, you're black. Oh, you're a woman. Oh, you're Hispanic. You just need to vote Democrat because you just have to. Because Republicans are evil. They don't promote why they need to vote for them. They just say Republicans are evil and horrible and racist and bigots. So therefore, this is why you must vote Democrat. I hope the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee learns their lesson with this before it happens across the country. According to another Democrat, they've just forgotten about the brown people on the border. And that's basically what's going on. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it anymore. They just take Latinos in South Texas for granted. According to Vicente Gonzalez, another Democrat congressman from the state of Texas, that according to Fox News, the Democrats have come out and said, oh, you know what? Yeah, enjoy the seat, Republican. Because remember, she has to now, as the quote-unquote incumbent from a special election, has to do another election in the November general election. So she's got to defend the seat after holding, holding on to it for like five months. She has to defend it while, by the way, with the redistricting from the census, the, the district's going to be changing and it's going to even be more of a deep blue district. They say that. But it's been a deep blue district for 150 years. I don't know how much more blue you could possibly get. And you lost it. This is them shaking below the surface. The duck that's panicking underwater but trying to remain calm on the top because they realize what's coming to them. Their identity politics is failing miserably. And now we get to sit back and watch it because we get to promote the inclusivity on the conservative and Republican side, showing that we are open to everybody and that conservative values of the American dream and limited government actually work. Because, hey, gas prices between Trump and Biden kind of show that example, don't they? That's done for us today. Podcast up in just a bit. Everybody have a great day. Back at it tomorrow for a Friday here on The Voice of Reason. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.